but I'd love for you to give a warm Father's House welcome to Sippy Seagal as she comes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. She's coming up the side. <laughs> you know, listening to the words uh, before, talking about our God, and I was thinking, and he makes connections through the word, and I came all the way from Jerusalem, and what connects us all is the word, through him, by him. Thank you. It is like, wow. Wow. Uh, my name is uh, Tsipi uh, Sigal, and um, I'm what you call an Israeli. I was born in Israel, third generation, and my parents are pioneers. I know my great-grandparents uh, were pioneers who came from Russia, Germany, and Greece, and they were here uh, during the, uh, in Israel and during the Second World War and the establishment of the state of uh, Israel. And uh, I will tell you a story, just one story about my father. My father is a 16 years age, and I'm saying this story because I see a lot of young people right here, and I want to tell you, you can make the difference. And, and you are our future. And we put everything uh, to you. And my father is a 16 years of age during the Second World War. As I know, you know, there was the Holocaust. And the British did not allow Jewish refugees to come to Israel. And he fought against them. It was kind of an underground. He was caught. He was put in prison. And then uh, my grandfather bribed one of the officers, and it was Christmas and Hanukkah, which is a Jewish holiday at the same time, and my father uh, escaped with his help, and he had a little suitcase, and a suitcase, and in the suitcase he had a man that was supposed to be hanged, and that, uh, his name was Itzhak Shamir, and later on he became the Prime Minister of Israel. <laughs> so... And he was only 16 years of age. <laughs> and then I married, uh, later on, I married Ami. And Ami came from a family who are survivors of the Holocaust. And he's the only child. And uh, then he went to the army and he went into intelligence. And from there, he went to intelligent police. And then he became the commissioner of Homeland Security. <laughs> from Holocaust to this. He is an advisor to the Ministry of Defense today, and he works a lot with the United States. Uh, okay, so. And if you hear him, he would tell you that there's so much that is going, I know presidents come and presidents go, but Pentagon stays. And the way we work together, we're trying to keep the Middle East more open. And we'll say more later. And I have my friend here, uh, Tess, who taught me how to give. And uh, we connected, uh, she was like you, tourist. She came to the Holy Land. And she, one day she called me and she said, I want to go to uh, Church of Nativity for Christmas. And I, sa uh, I said to her, no problem, come and stay with me. And at that time I had a Suburban, 
a dark suburban, and it was that time that they split between Palestinian and Israel. So I had no access to Bethlehem, so I was taking her to the checkpoint. And as I'm taking her to the checkpoint, and to remind you, I had a suburban dark one, so your ambassador was ahead of me. So the Palestinian police looked at me with a flashlight and said to me, security? And I said, yes, security. So he said, go in. <laughs> so this is how she went. And it was Yasser Arafat, Sua's wife, and Tess Martyrs. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Tess, she's a nurse by profession, and she worked. Uh, as a volunteer with Mama Teresa in orphan school in, in India and five years 80 and then I started to join her and we travel in orphan places and in the Philippines, Taiwan, throughout the whole world and then what we try to do is to share with the Roman Catholic word the Old Testament and this is how I got to know her and she wants to kill me. <laughs> So, because it's, I, I came here not to give a lecture because I feel, thank you for allowing me to come to Abba. Abba is Father House, so I feel at home and I, I would like to share with you what belongs to you. And as you can see right here, this is what we call, and I'll try to use this for, you see Israel, the historic roots of our faith. And what I'll try to do is to share with you what is there in the land that was hidden, and I think for a purpose. And as you said right, God chose the time to reveal this, to strengthen our connection with the Word. Because everything starts with the Word, and everything ends with the Word. So here we are. This is an olive tree. And because God said, He said it to Abraham, and then He said it by the prophet Isaiah, that the offspring of the house of David, you know, would come like the olive tree. And the word offspring is the word netzer, and we'll see it. So here, uh, the Rodan, I'm going to go all the way from north to south. Actually, it went to, okay. So what we see right here is, I put two maps, and these maps that you see here, the one to the left right here is the route and the path that Abraham made, and he went from the nations into the promised land. And the amazing thing is the very place that Abraham made it into the promised land was found in 1994. And um, I'll show it to you in a minute. And here you can see the River Jordan, Sea of Galilee, River Jordan, Dead Sea, and Dan is right up here in the north. And now comes to the picture that you see, okay? Uh, that way. Okay, sorry. Mm -hmm. Okay, here. So, now it's okay. No? Now it's not my fault. <laughs> here. Okay. Okay. Now, what we see here is, what you see here is the gate. And this is the model of the very gate. And if you look at this gate, it has a little arch right here. 
they were doing the excavation, and one of the students was going by, and he see a block and a block, and he looked down, and he found a gate. It was the end of the excavation, and it's all made mud brick. So Professor Biran, who did the excavation, this is impossible. And what they found out is that this gate is the very gate from the time of Abraham. And this is the very gate that Abraham made his first step into the promised land. This is it right here, and we can see it. And these are the very st stones and the very st path that he went into. So as he came here into the promised land, he said, you remember where there was a covenant of God to Abraham, and Abraham is asleep. Remember, there was a blood, and he went over the blood, and then he said to him, from your offspring, there will be the nation of the world. And this is something so important to remember because God, God came to all people. And we're all equal, no matter where you come from. And you just said it so right. So what you see right here, how do you say offspring? And that is the word, oh, sorry. It, does, it doesn't play with me. Okay. Let me go back, back, back. Okay. So what you see here is the word Nazareth. Do you know the word Nazareth, Nazareth? Somebody I know was raised there, lived there. You know him, right? So this is Nazareth. And the word Nazareth goes from Abraham to David to Jesus. And this is something that we see in writing. And what I showed you here, it was found in a floor, the word Nazareth itself. Now, what you see here is we are on a mountain which is attached to the city of Nazareth, and it's overlooking a valley which is called the Valley of Jezreel, Old Testament, and it's called the Valley of Armageddon. Wow, you know that valley, right? So this is the very place that is attached to a city which is called Nazareth. So Jesus was raised right there, and some of you that had been on the tour, we were standing right there overlooking this valley, and try to imagine that Jesus as a child being raised and he came there with his parents and I think also with his grandparents and they showed him the whole valley and they showed him Mount Tabor, the story of Deborah the prophetess and they showed him Mount Gilboa and they showed him the place where Saul died, fell on his own sword and they showed him Mount Carmel, the story of Elijah. So the whole Bible, the whole Old Testament, and what you call, because it's only one Bible, came up to life in this very spot. So for the time he was raised in Nazareth, this is the view he had, and he made a choice to go to somewhere else to start his ministry. And this is what you see right here. Nazareth, as a child, he goes from Nazareth, a small place, 200 people, to a city which was more of kind of cosmopolitan city, Tsipori, so he was exposed to all world and to all kind of people. And from there, he went to Cana, sounds familiar, the miracle of the wine, through a valley of the wind to a place which is called Magdala, and then on around Sea of Galilee, which you see right here. So as we look at it, this is Sea of Galilee, and what we see right here is the ministry of Jesus around Sea of Galilee. So there's water. And there's water dividing in the biblical time. Do you remember the story of Jonah? 
Jonah came from Juppa, and he was sent to the Gentile, to the Nineveh, right? So Jesus went out also to the Gentile. And we can see here the area of the Pharisees where he did most of his teaching. Here, where you see here, this is where the River Jordan comes into Sea of Galilee. And that's why there was the best fishing. And there were two. One was called Simon. Do you know him? And he had a brother, Andrew. And do you know that a month ago they found a church that is built over the house? A month ago. Of... Peter and Andrew, attached to the city of Bethsaida. I'm talking about a month ago. And that was found just right here, in this area right here. So Jesus, whenever it says he went to the other side, he went to the land of a Gentile. And when the story of Jonah is, there's a storm. And the people in those days thought that God ends in land. And if you go beyond land into the water power of God ends there and there's a monster that's the monster of the sea and then you know Jonah was a priest we will talk a lot today about priest and as a priest you know he's right there the, on the boat and they said okay we have to give sacrifice to the monster of the sea how do we give a sacrifice how do we choose one how do we choose one do we choose the one or God choose the one we have to let God choose the one right also when we choose the high priest we have to let God choose how do we do it Lots. Yeah, they cast lots. And Jonah was thrown off the boat. He was taken by a fish. Hey, guy, you go where I'm telling you. And he went all the way to Nineveh, and he gets there, and he said to the people, all oh, you sinful people, God is going to punish you. They thought about it and said, no, we're going to correct our way. And he gets upset again. And he sat under a tree, and what God does? He strikes the tree. And Jonah said, why did you do it to the tree? The tree gave me shade. And God said, and this is to go with your word, what God said, you have mercy on a tree and you have no mercy on people? Yes. Remember that. So this is all here. And why do I say it? So God controlled the fish and God controlled what? The water and so on. But when there was a storm here on Sea of Galilee, what did they say? Look at this man. Not only he control the elements, he control what? Some of you know, you heard me? Ruach. He control the wind. And what is the Ruach? Is the spirit. The spirit, the spirit. So reach out to this high level, as you said, to go beyond and beyond and beyond and beyond. And this is what we see right here, Sea of Galilee. So there were two fishermen, and they walk along the coastline, uh, along Sea of Galilee, and they see a nail, and they see another nail, another nail. It's in the shape of a boat. And then they see an oil lamp. An oil lamp is very important in the Jewish tradition, and why do I say it? it gives light? And what is the word of God? It is light. So when they look at the oil lamp, it's strange. It had a little space to put an egg, because when they went fishing, they fished, three section of the night. So the oil lamp doesn't last. But if you put an egg and you put a little hole underneath, the oil drops slowly into the oil lamp and it lasts longer. So they took that oil lamp and they gave it to Mendel Noon, one of the experts, and they said, look at this. And he said to them, this is a boat from the time of Jesus. What? A boat underwater, fresh water, doesn't last. 
said, no, this is a boat, 2,000 years old. It's, you can do carbonate 14. And also they found a few coins. Yes, it's a boat. And they forgot about it. I'm talking about 1982, no, 85. Two weeks, the water was shallow enough to dig. I took my children to see it twice just to see how they, they re reveal it. And in 2005, a priest walked by and he says, I have to capture this land. He went to the Vatican and he got some finance and he, they started to excavate and this is what was revealed. Look at this stone right here. This very stone that you see here was done by a priest. It could be even by a high priest that saw the inner temple. And he presented every single part of the temple in the stone. If it's the oil lamp right here, if it's the jar, if it's the showbread, if it's the oil lamp, if it's the fiery chariot wheels, that you see here, and next to it, they found coin. And the coin says the year 28, which is the time of the ministry of Jesus by Sea of Galilee. And the name of the place is Kotrahia Magdala. Who, is, who came from there? Mary Magdalene. And it says that Jesus went on to synagogue, so when they excavated around the stone, what do they find? A synagogue, house of gathering. So next to it, there's a room where they kept the scrolls. And you remember what Jesus said? Hand me up the book. So where do you put the book? On this very stone, right here. So this is the first synagogue that Jesus would go into. And this is the only synagogue that every single step, plaster, stone, is from his time. And you go there and you see it and you know he walked here, he sat here, he taught here. He connected with Mary who followed him all the way from the beginning to the cross. And she was the first one to see him after the resurrection. So this is something. Women, what do you say about that? <laughs> and here, there were a lot of priests there and this was used to collect the ashes of the sacrifice from the temple. And the amazing thing, the two mosaic that were found, this is called the Rosetta, which is a Jewish emblem. It's endless. It's a circle. And in the Bible, it's called the belly battle, Kaftova Perach, which was also at the Ark in the Old Testament. So we're talking about way back and the boat. And the boat mosaic is identical to the very boat that was found exactly there, 1985. So my question is, how come God reveal things slowly? Why doesn't he say, okay, all this, this is yours, come on. Because he know we cannot, I cannot capture it all. And slowly, slowly, it kind of like you feed somebody slowly and every time, wow, another thing. So after Jesus did all his ministry around Sea of Galilee, and I'm sure you feel comfortable here, you feel home here, right? And now I tell you, guys, we're all going to Las Vegas. And I want to see, you know, I'm just giving a, a little, if you can say a joke here. What he said is, okay, I'm teaching you, I'm teaching you. Now I want to see what you think, who I am. 
And I'm not taking you to a place that you feel comfortable. I'm taking you to a place which is a pagan, the worst ever place. A place that is already mentioned in the book of Genesis when it says the Nephilim, those monsters that came out and interfere with Adam and Eve, ancestors and so forth. And he says, now you tell me who you think that I am. And he came out to Simon Peter, the same Simon Peter, he said, who do you think that I am? And he said, you're the son of the living God. And then what did he say? What is the name of your church? Father Church. What did he say to him? Whatever you said to me now did not come from you. It came from my father. So the gift of the faith that we have, well, that's where it come from. And they found close by uh, a mask of God Pan. And the name of the place... Panias, named after the god Pan. So they worship all kind of god and goddess because these were Greek-Roman cities. And there's the other world, and it's the promised land. And the crossing point is we have Mount Nebo, and we have the River Jordan. We have the transfiguration. By the way, last week was the week of transfiguration. And what happened is, it talks about two, Moses and Elijah, right? And the thing is, Moses never made it to the promised land. And there was a person by the name John the Baptist, right? And he was known to all Jewish people as the teacher. And he was on the other side of the River Jordan. And Jesus came to the River Jordan here, the south end of the River Jordan, by the Dead Sea, and says, go out to the wilderness. And Jesus went from the wilderness to Nazareth, to that mountain that I showed you, Mount Precipice. And that's where he read the book of Isaiah for the first time. And it was not accepted. But Moses did not make it to the promised land. But this is the very place where the children of Israel made it to the promised land. That's why the place where Jesus was baptized was right there. And he was the one that really made it to the promised land. And opposite, there's a mountain which is called Mount temptation. So here, we'll look at this here. From the wilderness we come to Jerusalem. And when you come to a place, you come to a high place and you go to Mount of Olives. And the first time Mount of Olives was mentioned is down here. And the first king, we talk about King David. And King David has a son, Absalom. And Absalom fought against him. David doesn't want to clash with his son, he goes beyond the mountain to the river Jordan and goes to the Moab mountains. It won't take long, and Jesus will come. He gave life to Lazarus at Bethany. He taught the Bible, and he went down to the Garden of Gethsemane. Is right here, the same place. And there, Jesus would talk to his father. And he said to him, your will be done. Nick, right here. What you see here from Mount of Olives, you see Jerusalem. And Jerusalem has three valleys, the Kidron Valley, and the Valley, and the Hinnom Valley. And this is the Temple Mount, and this is the city of David that we see right here. And there is the Gihon Spring right here. And this is the city of David. And David didn't have to conquer the city. He sneaked into the city. And it said, the blind and the lame can protect the city. Well... Jesus made only 33 healings that are mentioned in the Bible. Only two in Jerusalem. 
In the pool of Bethesda, he healed the layman. And the pool of Siloam, he healed the blind man. So he was the one who really conquered Jerusalem. David started it, but the one who put the flag there was Jesus himself. So here we can see that they found right next to the city of David a seal with the name Bethlehem. And they found right here in this hall here, the very place where the prophet Jeremiah was layered into a dungeon, into a prison. I'm pointing out the house of David because how can you talk about Jesus without talking about the house of David? So here in Dan, they found house of David. So all the scholars and all archaeologists says David did not exist. David was a little, little tiny little tribe. He talks about the king from the house of David. And what happened is they conquered it. And they, the king, it was a king, Ahaz, the king of Aram, he conquered the place and made, I want against the house of David. So the children of Israel conquered, broke the stone, put it at the entrance to the city. So each time they come into the city, the step on the stone that you see right here, it says, David conquered it back again. And here we can see the very place here that David got one, his wife, Ma'akah, who was the mother of Absalom. And I do point it out because why? This is the house of Peter and Andreas. Again, Bethsaida, woe to you, Bethsaida, Capernaum, and Chorazin. And what we see here, talking about David, well, you excavate gut. Who did he kill? Remember? Do you remember who David killed? Who did he kill? Big Goliath. Okay. What do you think is written here? Goliath. The name Goliath in the city conquered by David was found. So that was only two years ago. <laughs> two years ago. The prophet Isaiah said, talking about war, and they turned the sword into a plowshare, right? Why would he say it? Because it was done. When you went into battle and you finished the battle, you take the sword and you make it crooked and you use it as a symbol of peace to a plowshare. And here, this one that you see here, a replica was given to Anwar Sadat when Israel made peace with Egypt, which is working even today. And also a, one a special exhibition was done for Bush with the a Book of Isaiah from the Dead Sea Scrolls. And here, the prophet Hezekiah, sorry, the King Hezekiah, this is the seal of Hezekiah, Five years later, next to it, at the southern part of the temple, they found this, and what is that? Prophet Isaiah. The seal, he wrote something, and he put his own seal, being revealed 2,700 years later. And here, it says that Sankarib came and conquered all the 40 cities, and the prophet, the king Hezekiah, became so sick, so old, and he listened to the people who gave him bad advice, even though the prophet Isaiah said to him, don't fight against Sankarib. So what happened, thousands, thousands of Sankarib soldiers came, 40 cities fell in his hand, thousands of, city, uh, of his soldiers surrounded the city, this is Lakish, which fell in his hand, 
Thousands of his soldiers surrounded the city of Jerusalem. The king Hezekiah goes into the temple, goes on his knees, and he prays. And the next day, the soldiers of Sanherib died by the thousand. There's a revolution back home, and they left. It was excavated, and the sword and everything from that battle was found within Jerusalem next to the broad wall. So here we see another name of the king of Judea. And this is something which is so special. They found a tomb, and we talk about the Dead Sea Scrolls, and I won't go into this because you all know about it, 2,000 years old, verifying our Bible. But here in a tomb, they found a little silver letter, which was a command, a blessing. And that blessing says, and I think you know it, and I'm going to read it. What is that? Go ahead. We need Mike. <laughs> the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Yeah. Do you know this? Yeah. Yeah. We all do. Amen. 700 years before the Dead Sea Scrolls. And here is a picture of the way the Temple of Jerusalem looked like during the time of Jesus. This is where he had his bar mitzvah, where he read his father's word for the first time, the triple gate, the double gate. This is where Satan have tried to tempt him. This is the Holy of the Holies. That's the Antonia Fortress. This is the high priest house, and this is where Peter denied Jesus. All of this is revealed, and of course, you can see it today, the foundation. And what else? These are the teaching steps which you see right here, but what is that? Today, and we're going to do it the next time, the whole path that they used to read, the Song of Ascent, remember the 15th Song of Ascent, going up from Jerusalem, from the Pool of Siloam, after washing themselves, was found right here. And you can walk it. Can you imagine? Two th Jesus walked, Mother Mary walked this way, and they came up to this area right here. And this is the path right here. And this is the pool right here. I'm standing right here by the pool. And it was revealed right here. And this is the city right here. I didn't want to say much about it because you all know the Dead Sea Scrolls, but this is such a big thing, which is verifying our Bible. And here, when they gave the gift to the temple, it was half a shekel. Why half? Because no matter what you give, you don't give everything you have. So this is half a shekel. But more than that, on that, those very steps that I showed you, this was found. Do you remember that the high priest could go to the Holy of the Holy once a year? He had a garment, and on the garment he had bells and a rope that if something happened, this is the very bell. One of the very bell of the high priest who would go to the temple, Holy of the Holies, only once a year was found. And what is that? Herod built two, several things. He built the temple, Herod the Great. He built Caesarea. And this is the story of Peter and Paul carrying the word. Again, you have word, you have to have language. And the word was carried to the east by Peter, who had Aramaic and Hebrew, and by Paul, who had Greek and Latin. And in there, 
They found a stone, and everybody said Pontius Pilate was not here. The whole story of Jesus is, no, 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 no. And then a stone was found. What does it say? Tiberium, Pontius Pilatus, found right here. And you think that's all? No. God said it's not enough. In Herodian, as Jesus said, as it says, Jesus said, if you want to, you can. If you have a little faith as a mustard seed, you move a mountain. This is a mountain that was built by Herod the Great, Herodian, overlooking Bethlehem because he had the fear of the house of David, which is where Jesus was born. What did they find there? The seal, the ring, the very ring of Pontius Pilate. That's the ring of Pontius Pilate. More evidence. The palace of Herod was found. The high priest house was found. The place where Jesus was trial was found. The place where Jesus was crucified was found. And I'll show you how do we know in a while here. The people, Herod was an Edomite. And the Edomite came into the Hasmoneans and they had to leave their area and they destroyed the houses and they buried all their belonging in caves. Last year, I had a group, Salvation Army, you all know them, and I invited my granddaughters. This is Ronnie, and this is Anat, and they're only eight and seven. <laughs> and I said to him, let's come and dig. And Anat found, look what she has in her hand, an oil lamp from the time of Hasmoneans, time, a little before time of Jesus. What I'm telling you, when you come to Israel, and that's what we're planning for the next time, we're not just going to visit. We're going to go on excavation. And we're going to put our hand and reveal those things that were made by those people and were left for us so we can find it today. Yeah. So here. And this is, well, one thing that I want you to see here, do you know what that is? It's not bigger than my nail. When a child was born, do you have a birth certificate? I think you do. So what do you do? You go to municipality. I don't know how you do it here. And then you get the stamp of the municipality. In those days, when a boy was born, they had to wait till the mother was clean. She had to go to the pool I just showed you. And then she would take two doves and give them a sacrifice. One for sin and one for sacrifice. So when they excavated by the pool of Siloam, they found the seal of the birth certificate. And this is exactly what Mother Mary did. Korban, sacrifice, and what do you have there? Two doves upside down. So the actual seal of the birth certificate, could be even Jesus, was found right there. But that one I wanted to show you. I told you that we revealed, I didn't reveal anything, the place where Jesus was crucified and why. After Jesus was crucified, Titus and then Hadrian, which are Roman governor, do not want the Jewish people to go to the Temple Mount. So what did they do? They built Jupiter Shrine there with statues. Jews don't go in. But early Christians also follow the same law. So over Calvary, where Jesus was crucified and resurrected, they built Aphrodite Shrine. So early Christians could not go into the shrine. So what do Jewish people go? They don't go to the mosque. They go to the Western Wall. So they go to the Western Wall of the Aphrodite Shrine of Calvary. There was a group of people who left Europe and took a boat, and the pool that hold the flag broke. They didn't believe they were going to make it, but they made it. It was a miracle, and they made it to the Holy Land. And they came to the wall 
off the Roman temple, and they made this drawing, and I, I took my family to see it, and the Psalm 122 is written here. I came to the house of my Lord. If it was a Jew, where would he put it? In the temple. But because they are early Christian, they went to the house of the Lord, which is Calvary itself. What else do you need to put a flag? It's here. And it's being revealed on recently and it's the hand of the Armenian. The next time we come, I'll ask them to open it for us. So here. You know, how can you close such wow thing? And Jesus always, and the Bible gave us always the answer. There were two men. You know, how can you believe a story? A man tells you that he's a Messiah, and then he, he is treated so badly, right? And he's being crucified. And when he say, I thirst, do you remember what they've done? They took the sponge. Do you know the sponge was used by the Roman soldiers as toilet paper? And they took the sponge and they wiped their, his lips. And then to say this is the Messiah. So they're walking out of Jerusalem. They're despaired. And they believed in him. And now he's dead. So they walk out and they said, did you hear the story? The tomb is empty. And then as they walk, there's a man that's joining them. And they were nice. They said, would you like to have dinner with us? And they joined them. And then what happened? They break the bread and they recognize this is Jesus himself. And this is a road to Emmaus. And what I want you to remember that at the end of this wow experience, what did they do? They turned back and they went to Jerusalem. And I think this is what we should do. You need to walk back to Jerusalem. And I think we should have a youth group that comes to Jerusalem. We'll do it. And here... I wanted to put this all together and we can read it all together and it's so perfect. We, we didn't plan it, right? And the way you started, it's so right. One Lord, one faith, one And I wanted to say, we went through such traumatic week last week with the shooting and all that. And as you said, trust in the Lord. Because if you take the Bible and you open the Bible, you see that it says 365 times, fear not. We're not going to let the evil win and put us in fear. And that is just trust in the Lord. And this is the most important thing is you remember because we're not going to let them win. Pray for the peace of the whole world and not holy land and not because all the land is a gift that is given to us. And when I say pray for the peace, I mean even taking care of the nature, taking care of the land because this is a gift that was given to us by God himself. And just to show you that there are funny things in Israel too, we have, yeah. Wow. Wow. 
Wow. I'm so glad I'm with you. So awesome. So Thank awesome. You. So awesome. Well, listen, we have, um, we, you, you may be seated for just a moment. Um, maybe there may be some of you that might have a question or two. We've got a couple of mics that we'll bring to you. Abbreviate your question. Give us a reader's digest. Don't give us your history understanding. Uh, let me say this. Uh, we're planning on 2021 of going back. Uh, one way or the other, we've got a couple of trips in mind. So you can start saving your money. Uh, it will change your life. It will change your life. So we got a couple of mics, so if you have a question, raise your hand and somebody will come to you. Um, any, any questions? Anybody, anything we've said or anything that's been going on? Any questions back in the back? All right, wait, we're going to bring a mic to you. Come on, let's hurry. Repetio, repetio, something like that. The land of Palestine, could you explain to me What's involved in the land of Palestine? He wants to know, explain the, wall, the land of Palestine, what's okay. involved in Are you talking place? about the politic situation now, or are you talking about the land of Palestine in the past? Yeah. In yes. the past, okay. The first time the name Palestine was used was by Hadrian in the year 132-135. He wanted to turn Jerusalem to Ilia Capitolina, and he used the name Palestine because he did not want to use any of the biblical name. So that is what you refer to the land of Palestine in those days. So it was Ilya Capitolina, Jerusalem, and the land itself, if that's what you meant. Okay. Other questions? Just raise your hand. Anybody? Right here, down front. <laughs> no, I was just wondering. I, I had heard the other day that about every two weeks, on average, they're making a, another discovery of, of stuff you've been showing. Is that accurate or not? Or is that it's true? not every two weeks. It's even every day. You know, it's like, it's amazing. Today, um, archaeology it, it is such a progress. You bring to the site all the science. You know, it's everything. So they reveal it right away. And we have a rescue excavation that is done, for example, where I live, they found a whole civilization, 6,000 BC, wow. you know, so it's every day, you, it's not every two weeks, it's every single day, seriously. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Other questions? Well, did you enjoy this tonight? Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you.